Hello, my name is Daniel, creator of Zero Waste Daniel, a line of gender-free clothing and accessories all made from upcycled scrap fabrics here in New York City. Hi, I'm Chris DeRosa. I'm a television producer who is responsible for making some of your favorite reality shows. I'd tell you which ones, but I'm not sure if I'm legally allowed. I'm super into sustainability. And I'm trying to be less of a garbage person. We're going to answer your questions, some about creating less waste, and some about taking out the trash in your life, human or otherwise. Then we'll review some products, trends, and services that claim to be saving the planet. Will we give them our stamp of approval? Or will we ultimately come to the conclusion that this is not sustainable? Hey, Chris. Hi, Daniel. Are you ready to talk about what a crazy week it's been? It's been a crazy week. And since the last time that we spoke, we've become TikTok famous. I mean, Loki, I was kind of already TikTok famous, but okay, well, stop, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Bragging. I'm just stop kidding. bragging. So what's been really interesting is that when I created my Zero Waste Daniel TikTok account, I learned a lot about that platform. First, I was just like watching TikToks, having fun, scrolling through videos. And then I tried to add some value to the platform by talking about the work that I do. And when we created this podcast, I knew we needed all the social media accounts. You can follow us at This Is Not Sustainable on TikTok or at This Is Not Sustainable Pod on Instagram. But the point is that I wanted to create these accounts to help people find out about our show, what we're doing, and what we're talking about. But in order to get things to actually perform on those social media channels, you never want to do the thing you think you should be doing, which is like, obviously, we should record little videos of us doing the podcast and put a snippet out. No, uh-uh. you have to do what the platform is meant for. And so I took this in a really crazy direction. You were sort of like, what are we doing? Okay. I was whatever. like, why does this have anything to do with what we're doing? And like, also, I don't know what I'm doing. Literally like, I'm the literally entire time. Winging it, period. We were making videos and you're like, I hate TikTok. What is this? This is it? Said, okay. This doesn't make any sense. I hate it. Yeah. I didn't have a TikTok until now. Continue. And so for anyone who hasn't seen, basically our TikTok is blind reaction duet videos of other people's TikToks. And our hot takes on whether or not they're sustainable. Hot takes. Uninformed. Uninformed. Snap judgment. Trolling these people. Yeah, we are, I mean. We're trolling them. No, we're trolls. Like, we're trolls. I always intend to speak with care. You know, we've talked about the four agreements and I try and be impeccable with my word. That's one of the the agreements. I do. I love the four agreements. And so I would say that I am on the respectful end of trolling but i definitely give my unfiltered opinion and use the word hate very freely (laughs) and try and relate it back to whether or not i think something is sustainable i would say that you are so animated and so fun to watch it is like tiktok gold okay but wait, I'm going to stop you what, right there. Yeah. First of all, okay. you look so handsome right now. Can oh I just my. say that to you? I'm No, I, I'm serious. Stop. You look so hot. I'm serious. I'm blushing. I'm no. literally. No, you look so great. I'm serious. I'm doing it on air because I need like <laughs> people need to know. I can't One, that deal with it. You are blushing. <laughs> Two. I'm blushing. 
Two, I have a retraction I must issue once we finish this. And I, I'm saying this right now. We can cut it out, but I must um, remind you to remind me to issue the retraction. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Continue. So you think that I'm TikTok gold. I'm just literally. I think that you're what, TikTok gold, but I think that you didn't even realize that you might be trolling people. Am I correct? Absolutely 100% correct. So how did you figure it out? Well, once I went on the comments and was like, people were like, you guys are being mean and like, this is so mean. And I'm like, oh yeah, it is mean. Cause I was just like throwing whatever my first thought was out of my mouth. Right. And so, I wasn't realizing that we were like tagging people in the things. Like, I don't know how TikTok works. So okay. Like, let me just break it down really quickly. Essentially some accounts will elect to allow their videos to be duetted. And when a video gets a duet, basically what you do is one video plays and you create a video simultaneously. So people do things like singing harmonies or teaching, like call and response kind of things. Mm-hmm. What we did... Oh yeah, love the one. Okay, so back back in the early pandemic days when um, Animal Crossing came out, New Horizons, mm-hmm. there was like all these little songs mm-hmm. and like the one, this one guy did this thing that was like... It was like one of the songs and it's like, mew, 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 like, mew, mew, mew. And then this girl's like, this is my jam. And she's like, does it like, you know, and then she goes, period at the end. And it's the funniest thing ever. Exactly. So I'm aware so you knew of what duetting was yes. and it's trending. And so what I wanted to do was create some kind of content that talks a little bit about what it is that we do on the podcast, which is that we talk about whether or not things are sustainable and Instead of trying to bring our content onto TikTok, I thought we could do what we do with content that's on TikTok already. And so we were just scrolling through videos, choosing at random, blind reacting, duetting. This is sustainable. This isn't sustainable. I like it. I don't like it. And it wasn't until some of them started really popping off and accumulating views that we realized that the people who are tagged as the original creators of those videos might actually be offended by our duets and comments. Yeah, I like, feel bad. <laughs> I just like, I never, I don't want to be me. Like, yes, if I think something's stupid, I will 100% say it. Mm-hmm. But also like, who am I to like tag them and be like, this is fucking dumb. Like go yell at them. You know what I mean? I don't know. Not that yes. we're saying that, but like there's a part of it where I'm like, oh, I don't, that's like mean. Like, well, yes, it is mean. And I think that it's important that we point out two different things. One is that most of it is done very lighthearted, right? So we have, it's like, it's a blind reaction video and it's not something that we're doing very seriously. And we're using words like hate and stupid very, very freely. And I do realize that those words can be hurtful to people. And so that's something that we're taking on board and taking into account as we create more content. On the other hand, I'm a content creator, you're a TV producer, and we're very comfortable with the idea of people hating our work. Yeah, correct. So, and I've gotten so many negative comments over the years, I literally could not even begin to quantify, categorize, or even give you a highlights reel of the meanest things people have said to me. So when I create videos and I make them available for other people to do it, I figure someone might be out there making a video talking about how much they hate this and people write comments like you're not really zero waste or I'm going to make extra trash just to account for the things you didn't throw away. And, you know, people make fun of my body type or being queer or the way I say things or whatever. And having dealt with all of that, I've developed a terribly thick skin and, now I sort of feel like what I want to do is go on TikTok and just kind of point out some of this stuff that's getting tons of views and so much engagement and all these likes is like horribly unsustainable. And if that is frustrating for people, I think I'm ready 
to be a source of frustration. I think it's interesting too that like the one the videos that we made that were the most successful were when we were being mean. Yeah, you specifically. I mean, when you just pop okay. off like hate it, hate it, hate it. Yeah. People love it. People love it. People love Why? it. Why? I don't know. And I think that it it's interesting because the comments seem like a really mixed bag people saying oh my god you so, you guys are so funny i want to hang out with you and we are funny and you can hang out with us Ew. but also people coming to the defense of these creators saying you know how hurtful it might be to put this kind of content on the internet and i think that it is important that we a learn from that and b stand behind our choices because as hurtful as it might be to someone's feelings to do at a video it's also hurtful to the environment to melt a bunch of plastic straws so you know what what are our goals here and what our goal is i think is in a light-hearted way to point out how a lot of this mindless content is horribly unsustainable and it's encouraging unsustainable behavior. Correct. It's it's just very interesting. I don't know. It's like I'm used to being the person behind the scenes of doing these kinds mm -hmm. of things. So it's like the, one of the first times I'm actually like in the in front of it in this way. And so it's interesting. And it's also why am I being rewarded for bad behavior? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, Well, isn't everyone? This is This is how we got here, right? Is that... So many people, I, I see them on TikTok making these really dumb videos or doing things that I think are inappropriate or wasteful or whatever. And I see all the likes, all the views, all the accolades, all the followers. And I'm like, why am I holding myself to this standard where yeah, everything I yeah. have to say has to be polite. Everything I do has to be perfectly researched and sustainable. And what I want to do is get on this social platform and be social. Right? Yeah. There's a video. Here's my reaction. What do you think? And I'm prepared to get mean comments, and it's not going to send me into an emotional tailspin. So that's what I think. I said it. I stand behind it. Yeah. No, I definitely like stand behind all the things that we like have been doing, but it's just interesting. It was interesting. I was like, oh, you know, like maybe I shouldn't tag the people in the duet like so that they can't, I don't know, that people can't. Because this is what I would be upset about. I would not like if one of the people, like we did something and we were like, oh, like this isn't really sustainable. I would love to have a conversation with that person. I would not like for a bunch of people to go to them and be like, this is fucking stupid, like blah, 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 and like comment on their thing. And, right. And right. Like we don't want to hate. I don't want to feel hate towards someone. Right. And if there's one thing that I feel like I've learned in the past year, year and a half, people are so ready to tell someone else that they're doing something wrong. Like period. Including yes. us. Including us. And I think something that we need to take onto account and that we need to be open about is that we don't really know how these things are being made or disposed of or sourced. So even things that we think are unsustainable might be sustainable True. in ways that we don't understand. Yeah, yeah we did zero research. Zero. Re I mean, it's all blind reactions. Now, I wonder if like there's a way where we reach out to these people and be like, hi, like, yeah. what's up? Just like, like let's you DM up, them. You up? You question up. mark and then see if they are up and I and then we can like like you know what I mean there's something about this where I'm like could this be what we do we do something like this and then we talk to the person and I would be love like, to what do you do tell me why you do this like could you be doing it in a more sustainable way but you know I on zero waste but, Daniel, then, but then sadly 
I feel like if we do that, no one will like that. Won't be that'll get two. You views. Don't know that'll you, get two views because we're doing something nice. And when we do something mean, like say something is ugly or that it's stupid or I don't like it, that people are going to be fucking masturbating to it. But this is what I'm saying is that I am aware of the hate and I'm aware of the hate culture. And what I'm doing is using that formula to change the conversation. We're rolling around in the mud, but we're doing it for a cause. But like, we need to follow through with that conversation. Let's do it. Let's follow through with it. We need follow through. Because ultimately we are saying, okay, let's get on that level. Let's stoop, so to speak. But we're still people with integrity and we still have a mission. So how do we realign our appropriation of hate culture and use it to further the conversation? Yeah, we have to think about that. We do. Yeah. We you know, to because we're responsible Cause, adults. Because that could be fun. And do. we love to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. And we love to have fun. I'm lost in your eyes. I'm sorry. What's you happening? You look so handsome. Why? Wait, did you hear your hair cut differently? I did. I, I, don't cut it any other way. Okay. <laughs> You look so good. I'm serious. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Is this creepy? Are you? Am I no, getting, am I. I you, like, compliments you know, will get you, you everywhere. What do you want? You get like, you look great. Thank you. Um, I'm glad that we talked about this because it's interesting. It's It's been very interesting and very thought provoking. We've had many offline conversations mm-hmm. about this. And I think that it's very, very, very strange that like these videos where we're like, the, doing, saying the meanest thing mean. people are like either loving it or hating it but right. they're at least like it's like happening whereas something where it's like oh wow look at this cool thing that someone did that gets no you know like praise gets you nowhere basically well which for my fucked, personal which experience, is fucked up it's fucked up i don't like it from my personal experience with the zero waste daniel accounts that i've created there's tons of negative comments and hate on the posts that are the most successful And there's also no shortage of people who are looking to poke holes in things. And I've even experienced being tagged on other people's posts and then being trolled like I'm not doing enough in terms of sustainability to elevate other issues. And what I feel and what I use as sort of a North Star for myself is that I'm not going to put any information out on the Internet that I don't know to be true. And I'm going to own everything I say as my opinion unless I know it to be a fact. Yeah. And I think what we're doing here is not claiming to be a solution, claiming to be an authority. We are super open about the fact that these are our opinions and that we are aiming to start a conversation. And so the fact that that hate culture is being used to start a conversation about whether or not a creator is doing something sustainable in my eyes is worth that sort of price. You no, pay. I get it. And PS like literally know that people could say, go kill yourself or like whatever, say the meanest thing to me ever. And I will literally laugh. So like that part, I'm not upset about the fact that we get mean comments or that people don't like us. I could care less, <laughs> but I don't want to be like, that is what you just said is a great solution to us doing something that's like feeding into this like hate culture on the internet. Right. But to your point, we're not doing it with the intention of making any of the original creators feel bad about their content. I do, however, think that they should consider sustainability when they make their content. And so this is actually a really interesting 
segue because we're going to be talking to a content creator whose materials are seemingly unsustainable, but whose process might be more sustainable than we realize. And and who knows what this person does with their stuff once it's done. Like we assume that things get thrown in the garbage. We don't know that. Right. We assume that because you put a piece of food on a plate that you then throw it in the garbage. You don't know that. Well, I just, I put up one of our blind reaction videos about piping bags and people using plastic piping bags. And I was saying that I didn't like them because they're disposable and a, an actual pastry chef commented and, and was said, like, we reuse these. All I, re- I wash them and reuse <laughs> them. Yeah. Like you did. They're not, they they're not disposable in my kitchen. And I think that that's, this is exactly why I want to do this. You're right. Because we're starting a conversation. We're getting information. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Why are you like, no, it's, you're right. That. No, cause you're right. You, I'm not sad. You want to be right? No, no, you are right. <laughs> you can be as right, please. You can be as right as right. But I no, you're very right. It's, but it's like we're in phase one of that conversation happening and that's it will evolve from there, which I'm very happy about. And I'm personally really interested in the idea of, you know, stooping to that level and then trying to steer the ship a yeah, little bit. And then trying to figure out what's going on afterwards. Yeah. Okay. Now I must issue a retraction. Oh, the retraction. Okay, Here it so comes. I in, I believe the crystal method episode told you a story about Christina Aguilera's masterclass. Yeah. I and remember. I told you the story about how the girl was singing. And she gets like one note out. Well, gets one note out. And she goes, let me stop you right there. Yeah. I have to tell you okay. that that did not happen. <laughs> I what do you mean? Was telling the story to my coworkers and was like, guys, you have to watch literally exactly right. what I did to you. I did to them. Sure. And I said, actually, I have masterclass on my phone. Let me pull it up and show you. We're at dinner. Video after video, it didn't happen. What? <laughs> me and my friend Eric. I already talked to Eric, and I was like, Eric. I can't find this anywhere. He goes, I think we were joking and saying, wouldn't it be funny if this is what she did? Oh my. And then after saying it so many times, I believed that it happened. Wow. Isn't that insane? Wow. So I must apologize to Christina Aguilera for dragging her name through the mud in that way. Everything else I did say about it is 100% valid and did happen. Like okay. the, the the cassette tape, like her saying vibrato, uh, <laughs> her being absolutely insufferable the whole time. Yes. However, she did not. She's not a chronic interrupter. She didn't interrupt the person two notes in and then say like, let, let me, me stop, stop you right there. there. However, will I still continue to quote that line? Yes. Let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there. I said it before I told you that you looked beautiful, but um, <laughs> isn't that the wildest thing you've ever heard in your life that I made that up? Um, you know, I think it is a clinical phenomenon that we can convince ourselves of things and I, it just proves that you're human and that's beautiful. So don't get too down on yourself. It's wild. It's wild. You rewrote. Also, history. wouldn't that have been funny if she did do that? Like she should have done that. She should have done that. She's, I mean, talk about. Like a messy celebrity. I can't even get into her. We we don't have time for this. I can't even get into her. She's well, let me stop you right there. Okay. <laughs> we, <laughs> we have to go because we're going to be back in just a minute with Michael Schneider, a.k.a. Blacksmith, a.k.a. The Balloon Guy on Instagram. Can't wait. We are here with Michael Schneider also known on Instagram and everywhere else as Blacksmith. You might also know him as the guy on Instagram that does sayings with balloons. 
I feel like if I say that, every single person will know what, what I'm talking about. Correct <laughs> or incorrect? I'm sure you're you're called that many a time, right? Absolutely. Thank you. First of all, thank you so much for having me on here. And yeah, uh, I, it, it revolves, uh, it rotates in between balloon gay or balloon guy. Um, but yeah, <laughs> pretty much I can go by both those titles. Yeah. So we have been um, kind of blowing up a little bit on social media, on TikTok, and you're someone that I feel like we can bring in to just talk to us about what this is like, because we are um, a little bit, I want to say overwhelmed a little bit. By I mean, it. it's new for us. Tell us about your rise to Insta fame and what that experience <laughs> was like. It, I mean, it didn't happen all at once. I would say I've had a few like, you know, mild hits, uh, viral hits in the past. Um, I, I can think of one, what, three or four years ago, Box Wine Boyfriend was a big hit a few years ago where I constructed a, a uh, artificial boyfriend out of discarded boxes of wine after a particularly painful breakup. Uh, so that was, uh, that was, that was a fun hit, but um, somebody who I was, who I was talking to, uh, uh, Johnny Taylor was like, you know, one day I did not see, uh, anything spelled on walls, brightly colored walls with brightly colored balloons. And then the next day, that's like all I saw for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I feel like that's how, how it went for me too. Um, I, you know, I, I, a lot of my creative output is sort of turning social media on itself and using, you know, social media tropes, like being in every single picture or, um, you know, using balloons, for example, that are such a cliche, like bridal shower and like birthdays and like things like that. And using, using those very like, you know, Instagrammable social media tropes and sort of turning them against uh, themselves. And so like, one of my first posts was spelling like abolish ice now uh, <laughs> in, in those balloons. Yeah. And it was, it was a hit. Um, so I think after that, I realized I had, uh, you know, something kind of unique on my hands. I didn't see anything like it uh, before that. And I slowly uh, grew my library uh, to, uh, to start doing longer quotes. And then I got some quotes that were, you know, um, social media, like uh, truisms and also mental health quotes. And it kind of, it kind of blew up from there. I think that's amazing. You used to have back in the day when I started following you, you used to have ones, a lot of you like falling down places, which was really funny. And we even took a photo where we were riding on the carousel in Central Park and I was riding on the back of the like horse and in the foreground, he was like falling down <laughs> like off of the, off of the carousel. I love and it. those were also extremely funny. Not as, not as uh, lucrative as the balloons, but they, those were always so hilarious or like it was your birthday. And so it would be like you like carrying your birthday cake, but then like falling down or like it fell on your face. And like, there was a lot of physical comedy at the beginning, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the idea of, uh, and, and it's never stopped. That's sort of like self-deprecating mm -hmm. uh, point of view of, you know, instead of showing the most beautiful, nice curated photos, the photos of me in the most humiliating situations, which is usually falling down in front of other people, which, you know, 
it's based on reality. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us, do you, how do you define yourself as what is this medium? What do you, are you a balloon artist? Are you, what, how, what do you call yourself? Right now I am. And it's, it's really what other people call me, which isn't uh, always uh, really kind things, but uh, you know, right now people, you know, recognize me on the street or wherever uh, as the balloon guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few years ago, they called me box wine boyfriend, which mm-hmm. is weird because that's actually, you know, I'm, I'm the, the counterpart. I, I yeah. Created a box wine boyfriend. Uh, it's actually Dr. Box wine boyfriend. Yeah. Right. You're like Instead a Pygmalion of, of sorts. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so maybe it'll change. Maybe there will be balloon fatigue and I will, you know, stop doing those. I, I really love doing the quotes in these uh, LED letters that I have as well. And those are sometimes super haunting and really fun to like put in nature. Um, maybe it'll change. Maybe I'll get bored. Maybe other people will get bored with it and I'll do something else. Uh, maybe not. I love that. I, I just think it's so important for anyone listening or anyone who's inspired by your work to realize that you don't feel like this defines you and that you can grow and change with it. Because I think sometimes people looking for that that hit of Insta fame think that they need one thing that is them or that defines them. And it seems like you're really comfortable being on your own path. Yeah, yeah. I I get enough like likes and validation and all of that. And I'm, I'm not discounting that. That's, that's lovely for any artist to have their, their work appreciated. <laughs> You're like, but... <laughs> please <laughs> no, keep no. liking my posts. <laughs> I get, I get uh, plenty of, of love uh, uh, for that. But if it does change or if, you know, public tastes change, I am aware that I am very much online and my, my, art is very much online people ask me all the time where can i i see these installations and i'm like i would never leave these yeah, out nowhere public. <laughs> yeah. on your phone for yeah exactly you you can literally see it on your phone which has made me think like maybe i should start um you know publicizing when i'm going to do a piece and people can, can come, see it i because that is one of my favorite things to do is to to meet people or have people, uh, you know, recognize the art and, and come and, and chat about it during a shoot. Uh, that is one of my my favorite things, uh, and it always fills me with like uh, I don't know. It bums me out when people message me later or DM me, and they're like, "Oh, like I was walking by and I saw you doing this," and I'm like, "Ah, you should have said hello." Like I I love meeting new people. Oh wow, that is like rare and surprising to hear. I cannot stand when people watch me work (laughs) i love i i want people to think that i am like doing this in the dark by myself and that you know it just some beautiful thing emerges and i have you know created it in an alternate universe and being interrupted and snapped out of that really freaks me out so the fact that you're able to engage with people in the moment is really impressive to me I, I hear you. I think if I wasn't, um, if I didn't, if my artistic output wasn't also so high and I'm also uh, like almost on autopilot while I do mm-hmm. it. Sure. So, so that may be a part of it as well, but I totally get what you're saying because art can be and often is a very like sacred personal process. And there is a part 
there is there is an aspect of like hiding the process that makes it even more sacred when you're ready to like you know put your baby out into the world and be like well, it is let me made. just tell you if i'm sewing something or i'm sketching something my tongue is like hanging out of the side of my mouth and i just don't need <laughs> anyone to see that and i have been caught on camera way too many times and i'm like why am i making that face so i i'm sure you know, everyone has their own process, but it sounds like you feel confident that you don't look like a moron while you're doing your work. Wait, and very quickly, Daniel, not to not to butt in, but Daniel, you video me singing all the time. So yeah, but I don't tell you I'm doing it. Yeah, but like I'm just saying, like I'm like singing a moment like this by Kelly Clarkson, like in what I think is a private moment, but it's not, and then put on the internet. Yeah, Chris's so creative process that. is very much like. <gasps> Okay, let's start. <laughs> I love it. And I want people to know about it because it's so cute. Um, I think you absolutely should tell people when you're going to go like p do things. I think that would yeah. be so fun. And I feel like that's like a next step for you that I'm enjoying. And would like love to see other people like posting their video of you putting your thing up. Yeah, that would be cool. I don't know. I think there, there's something about that that I, I like, which normally I would say absolutely not. Like I have zero desire to see this. Weirdly, I think that it would be cool if you did it. Well, you do. You create art in public spaces. And even though it doesn't live there long term, that's that's your creative process. So I think it, it does make sense that you're comfortable with people watching it. Oh, and then you yeah. should like do a collaboration with influencers in the wild. Boom. Boom. <laughs> that would be great for you to because everyone knows who you are. You know what I mean? To be like putting up the bubble, the letters. That'd be amazing. OK, yeah. I have a whole. There we go. We'll talk offline about that. But um, <laughs> um, not to derail this, but I wanted to, to talk about where are you in terms of sustainability? Um, I know that you put up a post not too long ago and you said that was a repeat post from some from like six months ago where you talk about how you know, when you create your art, there's always going to be some waste and that, and I, you do a lot of things with food and you do a lot of things with like, like you, the one that I really like of yours is like the Barbie doll heads was the mask. And then the arms were like the washing your hands. And like, there are like elements of your art that are in theory, like disposable waste. And so you put up a post that was saying like, Hey, like, just so you guys know, here's all the things that I do to like, mitigate or like lessen that as much as possible. And so I just yeah. wanted to see, where are you at with sustainability? No, I'm really glad you asked. And, and yeah, I, I wouldn't have even, you know, come on this podcast if I didn't feel really confident in, in my, uh, in the sustainability of, of my art. And I don't think, um, you know, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but I don't think I could uh, have a conscience uh, if I, you know, uh, professed to be so left-leaning and progressive and then ignored the environmental aspects mm -hmm. of what I do, um, I think the caption of that post started uh, pretty transparently. And I was like, let's talk about these balloons. They're not great for the environment. Um, and they're not. They're, they're Mylar balloons. But I knew that... Uh, Early on, I would say like a year and a half into doing them, I already conserve a great amount of materials when I'm doing my art. Uh, I have a whole wall in my very first uh, new art studio that I just moved all my all my things into, and and the wall is pretty much like a, a best of 
of the past like three or four years because I'm very much a prop artist. I'm I'm probably like the Gallagher of, of Instagram. Hmm. Uh, it's not that's that's not a good thing. Um, but I, I'm very much like a, a or, or the carrot top. I, I'm very much a a, a, a prop centric artist. So I have this wall displaying all my like sort of. Uh, props from from my my popular posts in the last few years not um, on like not on like daniel like you have your wall of scraps literally just like, like all of wall. the materials that he uses to make his clothing is literally just like in that. tubs and on a wall in their house i mean you have to i love that i love that i i have a wall full of my ex's photos no i don't <laughs> oh, I believed you a hundred percent. Wow, that is that like a personal installation? Like, where does that live? <laughs> I collect locks of their hair. No, um, no, I. Uh, <laughs> you've put X's on. Listen, you've put X's on blast before. You've been like, here's this exact person. Here's how they broke up with me. Blah blah blah. This and that. Boom. Done. Like, I'm love a, it. No, no, no. I have a, I have a pretty strict code of ethics and, and I believe in anonymity to a degree. Um, but, uh, but no, I, I, even from the beginning, you can even, you can even tell, uh, some of the balloons that I used in my very, very first posts years ago, I want to say 2017, 2018, I did one that said abolish ice now. And I did another one. Uh, my very first one said, uh, the caption was do what scares you the most. And it said, uh, I just pooped at work. And you can tell my very first, yeah, a far cry from mental health quotes. Uh, maybe that is a mental health quote. Um, you can tell the the very first balloons I use, and you can see them. They'll cycle through recent photos as well because these balloons last forever and they stay inflated forever too. Um, I used to cut their poor little like tails off because uh, I just aesthetically I thought that was like a cleaner, mm-hmm. uh, look. And now I kind of like the uh, the tails on them. But you'll see a balloon slip into the rotation every once in a while where it is a different, uh, a differently tailed balloon. It's a balloon with its its tail cut off. Um, and you can tell that that's one of the ones from probably my first like three or four posts that I did. Wow. I used to do that pretty consistently. Yeah. Um, and it was the art studios kind of in response to uh, just my storage because I save literally everything because I know I'm going to reuse it again. Yeah. I know I'm going to make this joke again because I only have like three jokes that I make <laughs> um, that uh, that I had to get that art studio to to store all the stuff uh, that I am reusing. It also gives me so much uh, mental uh, space uh, to just have that stuff out of out of my out of my home. And yeah. Into- well, and it's less expensive, right? Like to yeah. to not to have to reuse. go buy the art like things all the time you know what i mean it's like you're like oh if i have any i know i can no matter what the quote is i know i have the balloons to make it so like you can you're never like running to like some store to go buy the stuff right correct yeah the only time that i will need to get new balloons is if i'm going to a new city and i want to do an installation there because my balloons live in the city where i do the installations got it so i do have some pink and gold balloons in new york uh, I have some pink balloons in uh, Albuquerque. <laughs> I have some gold balloons in San Antonio. I love that. I have a silver and gold in Los Angeles. Uh, so I should start franchising it. I should, you should. I should start training people to be the balloon guy for every city. 
So people just, they'll, they'll have to wear the glasses. And they can wear like a mask with your face on it. <laughs> they can wear the actual skin of my Yeah, face. your actual <laughs> face skin. Uh, yes. Um, but no, no, I think we should, we should start a, a Balloon Guy franchise. Where do these balloons live? They just like, you like pawn them off on friends or like what happens? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, that's what I and thought, but it's, is that real? <laughs> you would think. Probably like a couple trash bags worth. Uh, they take up a lot less room than you would think. Yeah. But no, I, I believe in, in keeping those forever. And I think when you look at like, you know, impact per use, uh, you know, I, I have to always include like the, the mental health aspect of some of these as well. And how do you measure the materials that artists use? Like, how do you, how do you police that? Um, it's, it's interesting. It, you know, I, I know there's some artists who use, uh, a great deal more of, uh, food in their art, uh, than I use. And I don't know, I, I, it, it, maybe I have a different point of view, uh, since I'm the one using materials, mm -hmm. uh, but I, I don't know how you, how you police that. I, I think people can hold themselves accountable, but I don't know. I think I that where you're at is a really interesting intersection of technically, you know, what get demonized as unsustainable materials versus the rate of use and consumption. And what we want to tend to do as a society is to pigeonhole things and jump in and say, this is not sustainable because it's a balloon. So this guy has to be evil. But when you look at the larger consumer trends of someone investing in materials and then reusing them versus consuming something even that maybe is more sustainably grown or harvested at a less sustainable rate, you know, that has what, one use, exactly. like that is used once. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think you, you pose a really interesting question and what we're talking about really is like the value proposition of your materials. And it sounds like even though there's something as simple as Mylar balloons, you treat them like an investment in your arsenal of materials. Yeah. And it, and it's, uh, again, it, it's that sort of like, dollars per use when people are like persuading themselves to like you know buy something and they're like well i'm gonna you know wear that every day for the rest of my life until i wear it out of That's course kind of, how I think of the balloons as well people are always like stop using these and i'm like are you asking me to throw them away? Like, what, right, right. What yeah, that's the other. They already exist. I like, love it. Already purchased. And, I'm already using them. I and love that's, it. That's something we talk about a lot. Daniel and I is like, he's like, in theory, like when you, if you're sustainable, you don't have to throw away any. Like you have, you don't have to get rid of anything in your house. You in theory, you actually should got. be keeping all the things in your house, not. Like once it exists in the world, like it exists in the world. Right. And, you know, just what you were talking about a few minutes ago, the idea of taking something that people think like, oh, birthday, baby shower, they have a disposable mentality towards this material. But you're saying art and reuse. And this is a very different approach towards the same thing. So your relationship to it as a consumer is really really different it's interesting too because i um since they got really really popular this happened a lot in 2020 it didn't happen as much uh hasn't happened as much this year um but there was a retail store in my mall uh who did installations 
uh, with balloons and they didn't realize I lived in Portland, much less worked in the same mall that they did. And once wow. they found that out, they asked if they could just give me the balloons after they were done. Oh, how cool. In the window. And other people have um, uh, reached out either friends or acquaintances or just people in my DMs who live in Portland who know it's easy to, to get these to me and saying like, we just use these, we don't wanna throw them away, can we donate them to you? And I'm like, yeah, I'll absolutely use them. Granted, I can now spell like, congrats graduate, like 18 <laughs> times, but, <laughs> or happy birthday. Right. Um, but I have those now and I can rotate them in and you'll see that too. Like most of my balloons uh, are made by a company called North Star Balloons uh, because that's the local party. That's what the local party supply store uh, carried a few years ago when I started my collection. But now you'll see them that are like slightly different shapes or like, you know, the, the, the kerning or, or the thickness of the letters is slightly different. I'm rotating those in as well because those are the balloons that have been gifted to me that are made by other companies that I now rotate into the mix too. The food thing, I want to talk about that food thing. Wait, go before off. you go, before you go, one thing I will say yeah. before you, we will go into that in a second, but I, that's so interesting because when I think we've been giving advice to people, I've never thought to say, look at like local artists in your area that might oh, use yeah. this as a material. Like yeah. that is such a good tip. Yes. The, uh, one of the main principles of sustainability is just to keep things out of landfills because landfills are producing more CO2, which is accelerating carbon, I'm sorry, accelerating climate change, the fastest of any of the greenhouse gases. And so even though we can't control all of the materials and what the mylar is made out of and where it's coming from and all of that stuff, if you can stop it from going to a landfill, that's actually a big part of the cycle of sustainability. Yeah, okay. You're here. <laughs> I was like, yes. Um, no, but that's, but sure. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, that's even something I would think of. I was like, oh, who are my local artists in my area that would use a material of something that like, I would rather just throw away. Yeah. You know and what you're I mean? In like New York. So yeah. There's a no, but, lot of yes, local but artists. I mean like even someone around the corner that would like yeah. use this. That's something to think about. A hundred percent. I get a lot of outreach, people looking to offload their, their scraps and their used clothes on me and it's um it's you have to be discerning as well as an artist you know i can i can use this i won't use that so what will you what will be productive to your process we don't have infinite uh storage but yeah we're, we're uh, constructing a set for my my social distancing little like puppet web series and I'm which is great which we'll talk of, about later oh yeah yeah which is great and we'll uh, talk about later. Go we're ahead. constructing a set right now which is of the retail store that I work. And almost, I would say a good 90% of the materials used in it are reused materials that we sourced at a uh, store called Scrap here in, in downtown Portland. It's extremely, extremely popular um, sort of artist resource mm -hmm. where they get a lot of like, you know, secondhand fabric donations or like, paper sample donations and it's just a treasure trove especially if you're designing you know sets in one six scale <laughs> uh, it, most of that set was made out of reclaimed uh, materials that's, that's amazing really cool. wait so okay yeah, really, go, right, to the go to food and then we have to come back to the puppet series <laughs> i guess i do have a few uh, a few things going on besides the balloons huh 
Um, no, the, the food is one where I just, um, I, again, you can't like, I mean, I could take a picture of my freezer and show people the food that I've like refrozen and like fucking ate waffles for breakfast for a year after doing <laughs> my photo that was a tub full of waffles. And also like, I think there was that photo in particular really, really got to people and people would like screenshot it and repost it and do their little like, Oh, I hate this guy so much and, and get their likes. Um, but there was something about like, the tub full of waffles and people thought it wasn't completely full of waffles. And I was like, have you never heard of like foam board? Like, of course I would, I'd be crushed to death if I filled a tub literally bottom to top with waffles. Why would I do that? Like, why would I, how, how would I do yeah, that? It's but a layer on the top. Yeah, it's a layer I mean, on the top. Not like it's actually it was filled like with, this yeah. thin layer of like Dollar Tree waffles. Uh, and Dollar Tree is my jam. Um, uh, that was that was on the top, and they got refrozen uh, afterwards, and, and I sadly ate waffles. <laughs> you know, there is a large portion of the world that is not in the arts, is not in show business, does not understand the magic of television and production and all of those things. And, you know, those are the same people who think that your reality show is happening in real time and that your production you know that your tub is really full of waffles and i think that yeah. it's really brave of you to go out there and say no this this is an illusion this isn't what it looks like exactly and yeah i, and I love showing people the process not even like for the accountability piece of it but just because like i don't know maybe i would make a shitty magician because i would just be showing people the the tricks that i was doing and like how i did them all. you'd be like you want to see how i did it <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's totally me that's really funny. um and and i don't i don't characterize people who do that cuz like i have thought about that too i thought about like what what is um you know the thought process of a concern troll because uh, that's what it is. It's concern trolling. Well, and I guess, and the other thing that's, I think, important, sorry, not to cut you off again, but I want to throw in there really quickly, is that, like, people assume that because you were putting those um, waffles in your bathtub, that you were throwing them in the garbage afterwards, which you were telling, you know what I mean? It's like, that was an assumption because by people just to assume that you threw them away. Because people like a bad guy, people love a villain, um... And, and there is like a lack of curiosity. I don't think it's a lack of intelligence, but there is like a crisis in our culture's lack of curiosity and assuming best intentions. Yeah, for example, The day after, two days after I posted the post uh, that you were referring to earlier where I was talking about the sustainability of the balloons, I get people in my DMs uh, after another popular balloon post had posted and they were like, these are so like wasteful. I can't believe you generate this much trash after every post. And I'm like, is this a joke? Like, yeah, like I just talked about this. <laughs> just scroll back one photo. Yeah. Literally I'm begging you scroll back one photo yeah. and be curious about it. Um, and so, so I think there is just sort of like a general, lack of curiosity or, or the fact that, um, every time I do post a photo that implies food waste and I always write 
this in the caption, but it doesn't matter because because people like a villain right. um, that I always turn it into a fundraiser or I post a link uh, linking to either Sisters of the Road, which is a local uh, barter cafe uh, here in the city or um, the Oregon Food Bank. Uh, both of them have been the benefactors of multiple donations from a lot of my followers uh, and myself. Uh, and I've done free labor for, for both of them mm -hmm. as well and promoting their, their fundraisers as well um, to offset even the perception of food waste. Right. But again, there is this like lack of curiosity and I, and I really think it's a, a crisis. Uh, I, I look at things online from the perspective of somebody who's been, you know, held to account. Oh, I totally fucked up sometimes, like especially yeah. like attribution and stuff like that. As we all have embarrassing attribution errors in the past and, um, you know, just made jokes that were like really just not uh, not funny. Shouldn't have made. And I'm happy being held accountable or I'm, I'm uh, uh, open to being held yeah. accountable when it's appropriate. But with stuff like that, the, the whole like sustainability issue with both the food and the balloons, I just roll my eyes now. And I'm just like, either you, you don't know or you're being deliberately obtuse. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's an enormous willingness for people to take things at face value and jump to conclusions. And, mm -hmm. you know, what I have found with, especially videos of mine that have either gone viral or been the most popular, or if I've done something that's been posted on another news platform, um, that people want inherently to poke holes in things. They want it to not be as good as it sounds. They want you to secretly be like an evil billionaire who's funneling all the money back into oil or something. And I find that the most disarming thing that you can do is just be honest because being defensive is kind of like feeding into it, but being mm -hmm. honest and saying, well, I don't actually know, or this is actually how I made this photo, or this is where the scraps are coming from or going to all of that kind of stuff. It's like basically saying, okay, you're, you're puffed up, but I'm just going to like exhale, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know how, what what tricks do you, you use? How do you mitigate the frustration? How do you keep creating art when you know that you're opening yourself up to all of this ridicule? Um, that's that's a really good question. That's also like the difference in the types of trolls I get, where I think a lot of the trolls who bring up sustainability and uh, responsibility and accountability uh, with the materials that I use, uh, a lot of them are genuinely concerned about that. Sure. A lot of them are also not concerned about that at all, but that's just like the, the, the weakness in my armor that they detect sure. and that they're just sort of performatively like caring about the environment while still like, I don't know, driving their car to and, like stick it to you children and eating a ton of beef every day. I don't know. Um, so like, like they're doing all of those behaviors, uh, and ignoring like the, the, what is it? The, the top seven, uh, top polluters, right. like 
are responsible for like 70 to 80 percent of the world's pollution right like come on one artist with like a few balloons is not gonna make or break this world it's not gonna Uh, make or break the world in terms of the climate crisis but what you are showing people is that you can invest in materials instead of treating them disposably and then change the buying habits that then do mm-hmm. affect major corporations that do affect the climate crisis. So I think I that like people really don't understand the long-term impacts of their purchasing versus I have found as a peripheral member of the sustainability community that it is a very angry group of loosely informed people. And what I usually try and do with my art and with conversations like these is to engage and interest people who normally don't even think about sustainability because that Mm. person who's like, I'm not eating any beef and I'm not, you know, I'm bicycling everywhere and I'm doing all these things. Like they don't really need to come for you because they're already all the way there. You know, what we all want to do is sort of perk the interest of people who don't know and don't care. And that's what like good thought provoking art and conversations do. Well, and, yeah. and one thing to kind of go back to is you said like everyone loves a villain and also like there's people that are just trolling you just to troll you. Not for nothing. That's kind of what we do on our TikTok oh, is yeah. troll people that like we have no research about. We don't know. And like where I'm complete, I will be, I'm the biggest hypocrite in the world. I literally will admit this right now. I love that We about are you. trolling people that we do not know <laughs> anything about. We're watching a video for 15 seconds and just reacting blindly to it. We have no idea who the person is. And like not for nothing, but our videos that we in our very short time of being on TikTok, the ones that are the most successful are the ones when I say something mean about the thing, the person or the thing. Because like, people love a villain. You're I, a super villain, I Chris. called something ugly and it got a million views. And I said, wow, that looks amazing. I want to eat it. And it got 2,000 views. So it's like <laughs> interesting. It's interesting that the value that people put on things and the attention that things go is when things are mean or bad or negative. like negative. Yeah. When we have lots of videos on our TikTok that are this is super sustainable we love this and in my opinion way funnier (laughs) yeah like you know what i mean like that are funny and then they don't get any views and then the one where i went "Ooh, that's ugly at the very at the very end after i complimented the whole time it was like it has like what a million some views that's that's (laughs) weird to me you know what i mean it's like where is our where is our and again we're a part of it we are a hundred percent oh yeah we're feeding right into it why is that being rewarded why is me being mean to someone else being rewarded and not me being like oh my god like this is you know that was really cool and we uplifted a few people and that was like Mm -hmm. no one cared well and again the value proposition why are we considering the more views is the reward rather than some other metric of success so Mm -hmm. i and and i just find it fascinating and i feel like after you you are an artist you are a producer I'm somewhere in between. I feel like my unique value proposition right now is only to start conversations and get people talking about this stuff. And so I'm really willing to go on TikTok and give a very loosely informed opinion about something I'm blind reacting to just to start that conversation. And it's, I know that it's coming from a place of wanting to talk about sustainability and get people thinking, but I... The reason that we got to this place, I swear, I'm, I'm, I know I'm going down a dirt path, but I'm, I'm headed somewhere. The reason that we got here is because I would watch 
TikTok and I would get incensed with this idea that there are all of these people seemingly succeeding on this platform acting like buffoons. And I have dedicated my entire life to trying to do better. So how do I somehow roll in the mud while trying to do better? And this is a bizarre solution that we've come to that seems to be getting some algorithmic reward. And I I think that it's worth it to engage, but I think it's a really slippery slope because we're seeing these trends like, well, if we're hateful bitches, then this is going to go <laughs> People great. love it. People love it. They eat it up like fucking Sunday dinner. And when I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. People are like, what the fuck did you just say? No, skip. I'm also realizing that as the account grows and, and as my art get out gets out there more, I don't have as much control over what people say about me. Sure. And that's fine. Like very early on, even in the Boxwine boyfriend stuff, I was posting that. And ostensibly that was like the silliest softest funniest little like project that i could have out there and people were already commenting like wow kill yourself like i was just like oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that's that's the internet <laughs> all right yeah the and internet so, is crazy i i learned very very uh quickly to kind of like compartmentalize it and very much like separate myself and yeah. not personalize that type of feedback yeah you know hate, frustration, anger, like they're all natural emotions. So having a place mm -hmm. where we express them, I guess, to some degree is healthy in some ways. Um, but, you know, ultimately we all are all just a product of our own experiences, which leads us to giving advice that we're not qualified to give to other people, which leads us to the next section of this conversation. <laughs> God. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. All right. We have talked forever. I could talk to you for another hour. About oh my this, God. I'm but, loving this. But we should get to questions. People need advice. I don't know why the fuck they think we can help them, but they, they think that we can. I think they just want to hear what horrible things we have to say. Yeah, probably. Okay. Let's get real mean guys. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If we want this to succeed, let's be hateful. Um, exactly. Okay. So first question, a lot of people are still working from home despite the nation and the world slowly opening up quote unquote post pandemic. What advice do you have for keeping your mood slash spirits up when you live and work in the same place? Daniel. I mean, don't get a puppy. <laughs> I feel like, I, I mean, I live and work in the same space. I haven't always, there are pros and cons to that. Um, I think that keeping your mood up is about indulging and enjoying. So for me, I love to either put on a playlist that I love, watch TV in the background, eat a comfort food, take a coffee break, take a walk around the block. And being in the live work environment, I have had to really change my relationship to self-care because being at work was something I could almost compartmentalize before. It's like, I'm here, I'm here for eight or 10 hours. I'm going to work like a crazy person and then I'll go home and do whatever I'm going to do. And now I'm like, well, I'm, I'm quasi at home while I'm working. My studio is on a different floor than my living space, but you know, the commute is pretty short. So I'm back and forth all day. And I really have to allow myself. I took a nap at work the other day. 
because I just knew I was done. I was totally yeah. at capacity. And I was like, if I don't lay down and take a nap, I'm going to be the worst version of myself. Also, you say this as if you don't like own the business that you work for and that like you have. What like, is that? Like, Why like, am you I like are that? the boss now. Like you are the boss. So like, who are you getting in trouble with? Me. I'm like, so mean yeah. to myself yeah. all the time. I absolutely agree with that. You're absolutely accountable to yourself. I, I took a year off pandemic. I took a year off my day job, my, my retail career. Uh, and for the first few months, it just felt like a vacation and I wasn't doing anything towards achieving the goals that I originally wanted to mm -hmm. in that year until I really buckled down. I mean, I was lucky enough then to have like an extra, uh, bedroom that I could convert into an office. But when you said Daniel about compartmentalizing that, I feel like that's equally as important at, uh, at home too of being even in a chair that you don't sit in any other part of the day except when you're working. And it doesn't have to be like your least comfortable chair or whatever, the one that's run with spikes. <laughs> yeah, one with spikes on the bottom to put on your butt. Yeah. <laughs> I would like that actually. Um, but it, it just, that, that sort of way of like mentally compartmentalizing where you sit down and you're like, this is, this is where I, this is where I work now. Yeah. And, and leisure is a form of work. I'm sorry. And I'll, I'll scream it till like I go blue in the face, but like downtime and that self care gives yourself permission to be productive later. Having downtime gives you the, the, the mental space, the, the capacity, uh, to, to, uh, be productive during different times. So that, that would be my, my answer to that. I think something that, cause I've been, I have been shooting like in real places, which PS, um, I was in New Mexico when you were there for Santa Fe and I literally almost, but we were like, I was in Las Cruces and you were in, you were in Santa Fe. It was, uh, and I was in, uh, hours Albuquerque. away, but I was still like, Oh my God, I literally could have seen you, but that is hilarious. <laughs> um, coming home from like shooting in the world, going out in the world and filming things and then coming home, like, I multiple times have gone out and like sat at a coffee shop outside and worked and it actually has really helped me. That's easy because I have live in a walkable city area. So it's like not everyone is going to go to their local chain coffee place and go, you know what I mean? But if there's a place out, like, do you have to be in your home? Like, can you go somewhere else and work? Even if it's at like a communal place of some that you can safely COVID free social distanced work question mark. Like, cause that has helped me a lot. And the other thing that I do is like, I will sit down and go be like, okay, time to write all these emails or like time to like scrub through footage and like mark things. And then I'm like, oh my God, like the dishes are need done immediately. Like my entire wardrobe is garbage. Like, you know, I like make up like the dumbest, yes. stupidest, like this bag full of other bags is not up to my standards. I right. must go through it now. Why don't and I like, dust everything? Yeah, why haven't I dusted anything in this house in let's months? Let's rearrange the furniture. Like, let's, yeah, like are, I need, like I like I'm literally flip my entire life upside down to like procrastinate from like writing an email that's like, hi, that's like this person needs to fly on this day. Like here's the flight link. Like, you know what I mean? Like that is so, I think that the, uh, however you can get yourself to not do that is I think extremely <laughs> important. Like do not, yep. you're not do the dishes. You don't need to do the dishes. You don't need to do your house. Doesn't need to be pristine. Like as, as you work through the day, like wait till the end of the day and then clean up or like, mm -hmm. what can you, how can you do chores in the morning? I don't know. I just feel like I always get distracted by chores 
Yes. And that's like not what I want. Yes. I don't know. That's my biggest thing. I mean, I think keeping your spirit up is like you're working in your home. So I have found personally that I have been keeping my home much cleaner and much mm. more organized because I can't work if my home isn't clean and organized, which I, is sort of what I hear you saying. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. And so really figuring out what you need in order to feel happy and then giving it to yourself. And if it means you're only going to work six hours instead of eight hours because you need to get your house clean first, you're going to have a better six hours mm -hmm. if you set yourself up for success. Oh, and I would say go to lunch with someone. Oh, yeah. Like, you don't need to sit in your house and then, like, microwave a burrito and then, like, eat that. and then Or even if you're your doing it, like, on Zoom or something like this, like, having, like, a little, like, pause in the day... But like meet mm -hmm. someone, meet one of your coworkers that you like that you would like hang out with outside of work, yeah. if that exists. Like, go meet them for lunch and have like a have like an hour lunch if you can. Yeah. Right. Get out of the house. Well, like that's my other thing is like don't well, be there. Yeah. <laughs> also, like keeping your spirits up is like that's a that's putting a lot of pressure on yourself, right? So yeah. if you're having a bad day, have a fucking bad, have the worst day you've ever had. Oh my you god! Know <laughs> <what> I mean, <laughs> throw yourself a pity party. I do like, it all the time. Yeah, exactly. And I I grew up in an environment that was very much like measuring success by productivity and that was also not particularly sympathetic to like, Oh, I have a stomach ache. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to go to school. Like, wow, tough. You're going to school. And now that I'm in charge of stuff like that for myself, I feel like really like indulging it feels great. Like, uh, have a stomach ache. It's the worst stomach ache I've ever yeah, like had. I must, have, I must lay in bed all day today and like work from my bed. Exactly. Yeah. It's so dramatic. And that honestly, spoiling myself keeps my spirits up. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we answered it. So next question. Well, they know what to do now. Um, my first question of many to follow because my life is a huge trash can of little problems I choose to avoid instead of confronting and resolving. Love it. Did I write this question? No, literally <laughs> did you. I literally picked this because that's the beginning. And I was like, Michael will love the beginning of this question. Um, I love my friends. I'm terrible at keeping in touch. I'm equally bad at following through on plans after finally getting in touch and making said plans to catch up in person. It's not that I don't want to see my, my friends. friends write this question? Yeah, they're like targeting this. Um, it's not that I don't want to see my friends because I definitely do. Most I haven't seen since pre-pandemic days or even before then since a lot of us live in different states. I miss my friends dearly and love and care about them so much, but most of the time I'm exhausted after work. After eight hours of emails and Zooms, I'm just drained and I feel like I need my evenings, weekends to recuperate. I call it self-care, but am I just straight up being flaky? Where's the line between being a bad flaky friend and taking care of myself? Ooh, Okay, everyone go off. First of all, this <laughs> is what I'm talking about as far as question submissions. I love the amount of detail that is involved. I love like the questioning oneself in the question. I love the context. This is a question I would like to receive more and more of. Yeah, uh, it's this less length, of a question and more just like prose. You know? And like length, love it. Like I'm into a meaty question like this. All right, go ahead. Who, me? Anyone. It what does like anyone you want relate, to say? So. Yeah, you know how to do this, right, Michael? I mean, I, I can so relate to this. And I think it really quelled my anxiety when I hung out with a friend who I hadn't hung out with in probably a year since like the summer before, this past summer. And it was fine. And we even talked about that aspect of the pandemic where like our lives are this huge tapestry and 
the friendship doesn't exist because we see each other every two weeks or every two months or every six months. It exists because we just love each other's company and we had it and we may not see each other for another year because we're in a pandemic and everything's weird. And it's okay to articulate that out loud and just be like, I hope our schedules align again. You know, like work just makes me crazy tired all the time. Like it, that's okay. Um, I am going to see uh, uh, the, the voice cast of this uh, little web series I'm doing happens to be some of my closest friends as well. Cool. And I'm gonna see them all in one place uh, the day after tomorrow, and that feels bizarre because some of them I again have not seen since the beginning of the pandemic. And I think just giving myself permission to not feel guilty, like it's fine. It, it it's a pandemic. Like everything is different, everything is challenging, and the stakes are high. Yeah. Like you might see someone and catch a disease, like catch a, a virus, um, that the, the stakes are, are pretty high. There are good reasons for seeing people a lot less than we used to, or just feeling really, really overwhelmed by the world, especially people who work at home are probably have access to, you know, news sources telling them how much the, the world is spiraling lately too. And, uh, it's reminding me of that quote, which again, I haven't done amazingly, but uh, I can't remember who, who said it, but the reason you feel overwhelmed is because the world is overwhelming. Yes. Yeah. I mean, boom, there it is. Like you, everything is weird right now and you have to let yourself adjust. Mm-hmm. I personally, it's, it's been really interesting for me because I am someone who had a lot of social anxiety and it's not it's not something that ever comes across. I have often been told that I appear super confident, super self-aware, oh God, not like, like this again. All of that stuff and then I like I actually the idea of going to a party or a social event or something like that is like so I'll sweat, I'm it's crippling, I'm very anxious the entire time and you know the anticipatory anxiety is so much worse than the actual thing. So going can still be fun and seeing your friends is still a great time. But the idea of like, I'm going to get ready. I'm going to get on the subway. I'm going to go somewhere. I'm going to do this. It's very stressful. And it's even more stressful now that you're wearing a mask and you're thinking about social distance and you're thinking about all the things you can't control and this virus you can't see and all of that stuff. And so I feel like what happened for me was that once I had this like wonderful excuse of a global pandemic to kind of pump the brakes on some of my obligations, I started realizing how little I ever want to go back to how much I was doing. And I think that rap- this person saying, you know, am I, am I flaky? And I think what makes you flaky is committing to stuff and then backing out at the last minute. Correct. But what makes you you is how you feel about stuff. So if you're able to articulately say to the people who you love, I love you and I I just can't see you right now because my eight hour workday is barely keeping me or I'm barely staying afloat and then my weekends are not even really enough. And, you know, I'd love to see you, but I'm going to have to schedule it out months and months and please don't be mad at me. Then 
you know, that's that's just honest. That's not flaky. Daniel's that person no. that's like like that model that's like, I'm so ugly. <laughs> He's always like, I'm so insecure. I was like, No, you're not. I was like, <laughs> and which is like the whole point of literally cut to like me a la Tobias Funke, like crying in the shower. Just like <laughs> wearing my little jorts. <laughs> like, um I think that there's I, so I think there's a very quick fix here. And I think that the biggest thing that I'm hearing in this question is that like I'm so exhausted and so like leaving my house is gonna be like a big deal for me. Don't like Invite them to your house mm. and have them come to you and be like, and then either make or order some food, get wine, do whatever extracurricular activity ready that you would like to have for them. And then watch uh, some shitty ass show on TV and like make fun of it. Or like, like that to me is first of all, do you a wanna, puzzle. You want to talk about, yeah. Talk about it. You want to talk about me and my element is like exactly that. It seems that this person just isn't like a super extroverted person. It doesn't seem like they're super like, you know, just like, like going out to them is a huge task, then don't do that. Why does your friends and you meeting up mean that you have to like go to some restaurant that's really loud or you have to go out and get dressed up for this? Spend money like, on some experience yeah, yes. that you feel like you can't afford. Invite or them over to your place and then just fucking lay like a bump on a log on your couch together and, and I, like talk. I have to say like anyone who calls themselves a friend of yours who's putting pressure on you to do things isn't giving you what you need as a friend. Yeah. And you know, we yeah. do want to listen to the people who are close to us and who are our mirrors who say, Hey, you seem like you're in a funk. Hey, I think you need to be getting out a little. Like when, when you're hearing stuff like that, maybe you want to take it with a grain of salt, but see, do I need to look at that? But if you are feeling pressure to do things just because people are telling you you're flaky or you're this or you're that, maybe you just want to adjust those relationships because what you were just saying about, you know, being able to acknowledge with your friend that you hadn't seen each other in so long and that you hope you get to see each other again soon, but you don't know should feel natural. I just saw a bunch of friends at a wedding and we haven't seen each other in the longest time. And I love that feeling where it's like, no time has passed and you just sort of pick up where you were. It's so heartwarming and nothing can recreate that. It's almost nice to spend some time apart. Mm -hmm. You have more to catch up on. Yeah. And I think you're just creating a, you're creating a, a place where it's like, you're putting so much pressure on yourself. Like you just simply don't have to. And if your friend doesn't want to come over and like shoot the shit with you for an hour, like what kind of friend is that? Seriously. Period. Okay. <laughs> um, or maybe just talk on the phone. Yeah, Why do you or have to literally go talk on the phone about <laughs> nothing. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, next question. I love this question. Advice for a baby gay. I don't like when people say that, but I like this person that wrote in, so I'm going to keep it. Advice for a baby gay. I'm a new lesbian on the scene, and I already want a wife. Should I start looking for the one right away, question mark? What should I do? When I think of myself much younger, I thought I knew what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And I'm... Oh, no. I have done this quote before. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> I um, love that you didn't remember. Oh, <laughs> uh, so sorry. There's so many. But uh, I'm I'm so thankful that I didn't get what I thought I wanted, and and that's okay. And that's the entire answer. Yeah. I I think things that I want change. I think my wants are malleable, but that's just putting it in my perspective. Yeah, I love it. Do you want to go? Yeah, I'll go. Okay. I 
think that's completely valid. That's kind of what I was going to say too, is that like I, when I first moved to New York, I was like someone who had not really been in that many like real, like legitimate relationships before. And, and so I was like really on the hunt to like find someone and that like, not that my standards were like, I didn't have standards, but like I wore my standards like a badge of honor kind of, and it like doesn't work that way. Yeah. And I also was like starting a new career. I was starting to like live in a new city. I was starting to do all these new things. I'm so glad that I didn't like get into a relationship with someone I shouldn't be in a relationship with. And like, not experienced all the things that I was able to do. Like if you're any kind of new thing that you're starting in your life, it's always great to go in completely untethered in my opinion. Like I wouldn't have the relationship that I have now if I would have like, wouldn't have gone through and like experimented with this and done this and like found out what I liked either that, whether that be like in a partner sexually, like in general, like, I needed that time to like really understand who I wanted my partner to be. You know what I mean? And, and then once I them not to be too. Yes. Sure. And what you don't. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that there's no re there's no rush. And I know ev everyone used to say that to me and it used to make me go fucking crazy. And I, but it's like, it really is true in the sense of like, you will like what you think you want right now is absolutely not what's going to and Like you're not going to be the same person in five years. So I think, yeah, I think like pop around, see what's going on. And if you meet someone that you like, live it up. But there's no reason to rush into like, and especially like I under, I'm assuming that you're saying wife as in like someone that you're like in a long-term relationship with, but like there's absolutely no reason to rush into getting married at all. Like you're the only, you're married. So what do you say about that? I am. <laughs> I just celebrated my second wedding anniversary. Wait, did you really? When? I did. Um, the day we launched our podcast. Wait, was it? Oh, I knew that's okay. Yeah. I thought I, I thought I missed it. Okay. Um, no, you didn't miss it. You did amazing. And um, I have a husband and my relationship to that word and that experience is so different than what I thought it would be. Uh, first of all, as a queer person, I just didn't grow up with a lot of examples of what that should look like. And I, also, as a young person moving to New York City, I did end up in a relationship that wasn't right for me. So after being in a really long-term relationship, I don't know if this is something you know about me, but I actually called off a wedding. And What? Yeah. Wait, yeah. what? I was supposed to get married, and about eight weeks before our wedding, I called it off. I'm in shock. Oh my God, what? <laughs> and... One of the things that I think about when I look at this question and when I see the words, I already want a wife, I think that's not a person. A wife isn't a person, it's a role. And what you're looking to do is fill a role in your life, fill a hole, do something that you're modeling after some picture that's either in your brain, it's based on Hollywood or uh, some sort of magical concoction. And my experience, having gotten into that relationship really young and then staying in that relationship while I was trying to figure out who I was and sort of missing some formative experiences, once I realized that that wasn't right for me and I got off of that path, the person who I ended up marrying is both my best friend, and that is not what I thought I was looking for when I said the word husband, and really... What was so strange about the whole experience 
was that it was so much more adult than a picture of walking down an aisle or dancing in a ballroom or anything like that. It was like, oh, Lord, if something happens to this person, I need to have access to them. Yeah. And if I die, this is who I want to take care of my stuff. This is who I want my business to go to. This is, I don't want this person to ever get kicked out of our home together. Like this is, I need to protect the interests of our friendship with a commitment. And I want to stand in front of all of these people who I know and love and who care about me and be like, I pick him. So it's okay. And you should trust him because I trust him. And that was, that was what our wedding was. It wasn't like a, a recreation of some like, queer version of a heteronormative relationship. It was like a, 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 a turning of a page, a new chapter in our lives where we were joining forces, so to speak. Okay, you like, that's, wow, so great. That, My, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, we suck, Michael. Uh, no, I'm not at all. losing my mind over the fact that you called a wedding off. I cannot believe you'd never have said this to me. I'm ups- I'm mad at you. I'm upset. I'm going to ask you 9,000 questions the minute that we get off of this. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay, anyway, moving right along because I cannot continue. That was a great answer. I think this person... Um, has some advice question mark I mean one. I I think I I I'm I'm not done yet so <laughs> I think I'm not done yet so I think what you are also looking for is experience right because if you can't you can't just fill the role of wife with a warm body you have to yeah, like what does that mean yeah. find someone who you literally can't stand the thought of living without and should you die or they die, you want them to be in charge, right? Or you you want it, right? Like that's that's what you're after. And marriage is a contract. That's ultimately what it is. You have to file paperwork. And so when you're making that agreement with someone, you actually almost get to write all of your own rules. And so you want to be with someone who sees that partnership the same as you. You don't want to be with someone who's trying to, again, fill the role of wife. They're supposed to say, these are the things we want for our life, and we're going to chase our dreams together. The first person who I thought I was going to marry was someone who was actually steering me away from everything I wanted in my life. And if I had gone down that path... All I would have right now is a husband. I wouldn't have this podcast. I wouldn't have my business. I wouldn't have all of the things that make me feel full. And the person who I met, who I share my life with, met me as that fully realized person. Met me as someone who joined this party already in progress and was like, wow, I'm literally going to be fuel for your fire because I love who you are. And so if you're so obsessed with the idea of having this partner that you can't allow yourself to become who you're going to be, then no one can love you for who you are. Period. Right? That was such a good answer. I'm having a mental breakdown right now inside. <laughs> I'm like, every, oh my God. Ah, I like literally can't wait. Okay. <sighs> Coming down from that. Um, Michael, tell us first about um, social distancing. Um, it is a, tell me what it is. It's hard. It's hard to. Uh, it's a. It's a web series that is so, 
web series that started on IGTV that apparently doesn't exist anymore. And I, I will get into that separately. And I don't know what Instagram is doing. Uh, <laughs> they, they've consolidated like all videos into one. They like, want it to be a, it's going to become a shopping app. I'm telling you right now. I know inside information. It's going to become a shopping app where you can sell things versus like what we love it to be. Very, so very there's annoying. that. That's fucking dumb. So anyway, continue. Because Facebook um, bought it and now it's sad. Uh, but, uh, in the opening days of the pandemic, I was working from home. I have a retail job. So they were basically eventually just paying me to stay home, like just to retain me as an employee until the store opened back up. So I had a lot of free time on my hands and I got served an ad at some point for this like really cool, like modern looking dollhouse. And apparently the algorithms know me. Cause I looked at it and, and you were like, like, I need this. Immediately. <laughs> and I'm going to become a dollhouse gay. So <laughs> one thing led to another and uh, Kelly Campbell was a really, really talented local puppeteer and puppet maker and made uh, a tiny, like sort of puppet slash doll, like a 10 inch size uh, little mic. Um, and I populated the dollhouse with like furniture and was like, I'm gonna make a little like video like diary of my pandemic experience. And made the episodes about five or 10 minutes. I just uh, shot it with my iPhone, I still do. So I introduced the element and I was kind of making it up as I went along as I was making these episodes. And Kelly was, uh, and eventually other puppeteers were very diligently uh, making more characters and more, as I was folding more of my friends back into my life after the stay-at-home orders uh, the he the character uh, puppet mike discovers that his dollhouse is haunted that the house Ooh. he lives in is haunted yeah it turns into like a, like a sci-fi thriller finds this long like creepy corridor uh behind a wall in his bathroom that shouldn't even exist and then eventually goes down that corridor and you know don't want to don't want to spoil it and uh, got to about this time last year, uh, the the uh, store that I worked at opened back up and it was the busy holiday season. And then I just kind of like lost a few months of winter. They just kind of like sort of went by. But after 15 episodes, I was just like, well, that was interesting. And then I got so many DMs of people who wanted me to continue the series. Including uh, me. Um, but no, I, I got a lot of people who were interested in the series and I didn't realize how, how popular it was. And so I wrote an entire last half of the season and I have a team of probably, I would say half a dozen people working on this. Now I have this amazing puppet maker, uh, Carol Whitsmith in Wisconsin and two people who are, who are here in town. Uh, Tyler Buswell and, and Lux uh, Jacques, uh, who are both uh, queer creators too. Very, very queer cast, uh, voice cast, and, and very queer uh, creating uh, community uh, who are building sets. And so the latter half of the season was all scripted in advance because the very first part of the season was very much like flying by the seat of my pants and like, what episode am I going to make uh, this week? okay, he finds like a tunnel in his bathroom. Like, like, let's do that. So now I'm kind of tying everything together into a more cohesive plot. And there's a couple uh, huge surprises during the season. I'm pretty confident that we're going to have 
at least the first couple episodes of the season air by the end of the year. And that's going to start sort of just like a nonstop, like weekly release of the episodes into 2022. Um, have a couple big names voicing characters as well. So exciting. Uh, can't say anything yet. And it's so but, good. Yeah, like celebrity it's truly, guess. no, it's truly so good. Like I, I watched five seconds of like the first one and I was like, Michael, this is so good. I was like, you please tell me you're still doing this. Like, it's actually, I'm actually really enjoying it. Yes. And I'm now obsessed with like tiny things. Literally obsessed yeah, with one. That'll skill. happen. Oh. Do they make you feel like a I giant say, when you hold them? I'm sorry? Do you feel like a giant when you hold them? <laughs> I do. I do. Everything one six scale. So I'm just, uh, you know, I myself, my puppet is about this large. I'm holding my hands about 10 inches apart. Um, but everything else, I have a pair of AirPods that I'm terrified to lose, uh, that that I, I just, they fit on the tip of my finger. Yeah, like truly, like when you see those things are like the micro, like the, in the microscope, it's like a little mini pie. Like, you know what I mean? Like I that's love it. it. Yeah. Um, it's so good. It's called Social Distancing, correct? Mm-hmm. And it is on your Instagram. You can find all the episodes on your Instagram. On my video it's uh, tab on my Instagram. Serious, just like, hit the series tab so you don't look at any of the other crazy weird videos. Everyone, and so you'll let us know on there when new episodes are yes, coming out. correct. Oh, absolutely. We'll have a trailer before the end of the year, too. It's And so people can good. follow you at? Uh, at Blacksmith, uh, B-L-C-K-S-M-T-H. There you go. It's so <laughs> good and like truly i was like what is this gonna be like okay michael's like doing this blah blah and then like literally as i'm going through i'm like oh my god this is actually becoming so good oh my god what oh my god <laughs> i truly was so i loved it i laid in bed for a whole day and just watched it i told you this self-care I really truly was like enthralled by it it was so impressive and i'm thank so you. glad that you're making more episodes thank you so much michael thank you for being with us we just have our rapid fire questions to close everything out Okay. So, ten, like, ten words or less, like just off the top of your head, like don't overthink knee jerk reaction. Don't and like don't, <laughs> yeah, don't overthink it. Love okay, it. ready? Love. Yeah. Um, what's one of the things that you've owned for the longest? <laughs> My cat. Nice. <laughs> what's something you use often that you wish was made with better quality? My fridge. Oh, oh, oh that's a good one. Runs all the time. It's What's stop? <laughs> What's one modern convenience that you cannot live without? Postmates. Same. What do you find yourself always spending money on? <laughs> Is it Postmates as well? Dollhouse miniatures lately. <laughs> it's what? Dollhouse miniatures. Lately. Nice, amazing. That's great. <laughs> what is your least sustainable habit? Oh. I want to get better at composting. Copy that. Yeah. What is your most sustainable habit? Oh, the balloons. Yeah. Yeah. Reusing those things until they fall apart in tatters. Thank you so much for being with us. Seriously. Um, Thank you so much for having me. This was so, so lovely. Um, people can find you at blacksmith, no vowels, right? And they mm-hmm. can find social distancing on there. And just mm-hmm. who knows what quote you're going to use next. Right. I, I don't even know. I usually decide yeah. the morning. Of, <laughs> like I, wish I usually I decide as I'm putting it on the wall, but I don't even know. So well, yeah. thank you for all of your inspiring art. Please continue making it. And we can't wait to see what you come up with. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. 
All right, it's time for another product review. Otherwear by Pentatonic. Um, so this is Pharrell's company. I found that on the uh, on the website. Um, Say goodbye to single use. That's what it says on the front. Yeah, it's in. So this is the Otherwear by Pen. It's the Pebble, is what it's called. And so sure it it's in it's in all paper packaging. It says say goodbye to single use. This is Otherwear. Say goodbye to single use with the Pebble One. Wherever you go, you'll have a knife, fork, spoon, straw, and chopsticks all in a smart case to clip onto your bag, belt loop, or lanyard. Your Pebble One is created using entirely recycled materials as well as being 100% recyclable, meaning you can trade back to us so we can make new things. Otherwear.co. And then on the inside, when you take the Otherwear out, it says... Please recycle your packaging. It has been constructed with absolutely no adhesives, allowing it to be accepted anywhere. We love that. We love that. There was one little sticker that like held the thing together, like when you the little pull tab opens, but I took that out. I took oh, I off. see. So that did exist. This came, I ordered it. These were each $67. Which is, I mean, that's expensive for cutlery. Yes. But you get this cute lanyard with it. Like, I'm sorry. Well, and and to our many discussions, we have said, you know, spend on the thing that you're going to keep oh, yeah. and reuse and just have one. Wait, I'm sorry. This is so cute. Okay, so it's like a lanyard. You get a lanyard and then this little clip and then you clip the clip onto the little pebble. And it says otherwise. Mine is yellow. Uh, Daniel's is black. I feel like you would like a black one. I really appreciate yeah. it. I feel like okay, you know done. me so well. And also mine came in a day and yours came in like a week and a half. And I was like, fuck, am I going to have this? Are we going to have this like in time? Um, but here it is. But here it is. I've it's literally so not. Cute. Okay. So it's this little pebble. You open it up. Right. Ooh, oh. And these are all over the, all over Instagram right now, by yeah. the way. So you open it up and it's six pieces. Yep. It's very compact. I have to say, it's a little heavy. It is a little heavy, but I, I like that. Go no, ahead. it feels substantial, which is nice. I mean, that's the cutest little thing you've ever seen in your life. It is very cute. I mean, like very cute. So basically, everything is like collapsible, and you it like you folds fold in out, a... like you spin out or you twist on the tops of the chopsticks. So there's like a fork, a knife, a spoon. Now we got the one that was like. The deluxe, like you could get the one that's just like yeah, because you know just, Chris is no, always I'm never the getting deluxe. like the fucking small version. So this one, you could get one that's just a fork and a knife, just a fork and a spoon. Like there's smaller versions of this that are less money. Uh oh, got it. Okay, so the bottom half of my chopstick fell out of my chopstick, but that seems like it's just because it wasn't really twisted on uh, very well. So. No shade, I mean, Pharrell. you really collapse. Oh, and is this a straw then? Yeah. Wow. I mean, not for nothing. Like, this is cute. No, it's super cute. Like, I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this too. Should we eat these chicken fingers that you've been, like, gorging on and the things with them <laughs> to see what they're like, and then you can wash them before you leave? Sure. Okay, so here, so Hassan made Tater us. Tater tots. And tater tots and chicken, like, chicken nuggets. In our because we're twelve and we ate nine thousand of them already. I'm using the chopsticks. Are you using the chopsticks? Um, yeah, I was actually using the chopsticks. Okay, let, let me get this big mama. Dip it in ketchup. Okay, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm picking it up with the chopstick. It's great. Yeah, I've got a tater tot here, and I'm going for the barbecue sauce. I mean, in terms of how chopsticks work, it did great. 
the fork. Oh, I'm going to cut something with the fork. And the knife. And I'm literally talking about my throat mouth. Is because I'm a fucking animal. Well, that's how people know we're really eating. All right, this is like, well, I mean, it's work. Okay, the, okay. What I will say is that. Oh no, this. I mean, if I held it like that, it would work. It's like a little bit of, um, you know, they feel like travel. You know, they 100 percent feel like travel. They don't. It's not like. Oh, you know, I have this in my bag, and it's just like the real thing. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It feels like like but travel. The, but I think the point of it is that it is it is small and compact, and you get, like, what, three, six different things in this little... This is what I'm going to say about this. As a person who lives with zero waste in mind every day, is that you can easily put a fork in your bag. You don't need this fork. But if you're a person who will be motivated to do something more sustainable by getting a product that helps you do it, this is fucking cute. And you can put a fork in your bag, but a random fucking fork in your bag is a random fucking fork in your bag. When you have, and you're like, do I have it? Do I not have it? They can get lost. This is your little pebble that you have your little circle of all your shit. Mm-hmm. and you throw it in your bag, and you know it's all there, and you know exactly where everything is. You're not like, a fork isn't like stabbing something else in your bag. My brother-in-law calls it opportunistic eating. You never want to be anywhere and find yourself without an eating utensil. Yeah. Because what if, I mean, what if someone's got something to share? You got yeah, to be there. able to I get mean, it I'll on that. It, I'll eat it with my hands because I'm a monster, but like that's, that's. Right. So yeah. I feel like this is, Cute. I like the packaging. I like that it's infinitely recyclable. You can send it back to the company. And what I like the most is that it will inspire people to BYO. Yeah, like I will 100% bring this with me where I would not I would not put a random fork in my bag. Right. And there and is and a not random for, fork in my bag. And not for nothing. Like that could, that's, could be gross. Like there's dirty shit in my fucking backpack. Mm-hmm. Know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's like I don't want like my eating utensil to be like in there right so if you're someone who's like that's really crazy like just wrap it in a napkin before you put it in your backpack. no i know but even then things i have things are coming in things are going out things could get unwrapped <laughs> yes 100 percent. yes uh, are we still talking about food i'm just saying yes we are stop it the one thing i will say the spoon is very shallow right that's more so of like it's a not paddle like a, it's not a soup, it's not a soup spoon it's like a it's like a shovel it's like yeah, a, you're, like a, you're eating rice with this. You're not like here. Let's see if we can get a little. I mean, I could really. I got some ketchup on. There. No, but you're not getting soup. This is not a soup spoon. This is for like something like a rice. This you is, could get the rice out of your soup, but you're not getting much broth. Yeah, no, with that. which is fine. But that being said, I love that there's chopsticks involved. Right, like, and there's a straw. So if you need the broth, you could you can suck, suck it, it up it through the straw. You're right. Suck it up, girl. You you are like so annoyed by this, and I love it. Yeah, I mean. I, I think the product design is very cute. I'm not super into it. Just because you're a hater? or like- No, I'm definitely not a hater. Come on, get happy. Um, I like Pharrell and his company, and I love... I, I, I'm someone who just... I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm kind of a minimalist, and I, I feel like this is one of those things that I'm not sure anybody needs. But what I will say is that much like your um, company, this is making... Not something anybody needs. Yeah, slam. Rude. Can you imagine if that's what I said? Um, Much like your company, this is something where like 
they're using something that would go in right. a landfill and making something out of it. And and like I said, the product design is very cute. And I do actually, like to me, this is how I would incorporate this into my life, right? Is normally right now what I do when I'm taking things on the go is I, you know, swing by the kitchen, I grab some utensils and maybe a napkin or whatever, and I head out the door. This, I could literally hang where I hang my keys and grab it with my keys. You are so right. So, if Or like you, have it in your car or right. have it in your bag. Like right. this stays in your bag. This right. isn't like a utensil you eat at, at dinner with your husband that right. you throw in your bag. This is like, it stays on the go. This is like my emergency. It's like my James Bond yeah. utensils. And so what I think about this is that for someone who's like, you know, we talk about the sustainability journey and something that I would say about this product is that this is not for the person who's looking for a new product because they don't like the forks they have. This is someone who's looking to lifestyle change. Yeah, this motivates me to, to use this. 100%. And to bring my own utensils yes. and not have the utensils that I use yeah. like at the... Ca fast casual place right and if you're going to be buying upcycled recycled things this is you know a very public person's company who is under an intense amount of scrutiny and i'm here using this looking at this packaging telling you they're doing a good job i would say this is sustainable this is sustainable yay good I'm job i'm glad Chris. that you at least like it a little bit because no was, i do i like again, it it was not cheap and it was 67 dollars each for each of these no i'm paying it's yours no absolutely not um it was 67 dollars, and it was seven dollars shipping which i didn't love it was like free shipping canada shipping every shipping like whether it was like seven days or this many days was seven dollars which i don't understand and even quote unquote free shipping was $7. I mean, they're just trying to offset their shipping costs. Yeah, I don't get what it. What I want to know is where is it made? I don't know. But I think on their website, they do tell you. Yeah. And it is a number seven plastic. I don't know what that means, but. It means it's recyclable anywhere where they take the number seven plastics. No, I know that. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. But this is sustainable. Even yeah, though Daniel's a hater. No, I'm still... not a hater. Get one. Check it out. Let us know what you think. <laughs> at this is not sustainable on Instagram, on TikTok, and at this is not sustainable pod on TikTok. Or send us an email to not sustainable podcast and let us know what you think. Or if you have ideas for other products for us to review. <laughs> Bye now. Do you have a question you'd like us to answer or a product you'd like us to review? Send us an email at notsustainablepodcast at gmail.com. Or leave us a comment or send us a DM at This Is Not Sustainable on TikTok or This Is Not Sustainable Pod on Instagram. This podcast is produced by me, Zero Waste Daniel. And me, Chris DeRosa. Artwork was done by me. Editing was done by me. And if you couldn't tell, we literally did this all on our own. Special thanks to Mario and Hassan for allowing us to turn our living rooms into recording studios. And thank you to all of our guests for their unfiltered honesty as it pertains to sustainability. Until next time. 